We welcome everyone in the name of the Lord, everyone everywhere in the world, and we ask the Lord to bless us and bless this time with Him and with one another in the fellowship that God has given us to be one in Him and united with one another. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept record of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in praise and receive his blessing and the fellowship together as believers in Christ. So let us first consider worthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying God be merciful to me is enough. Almighty God have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins, as the called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority I announce the forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord, we come to you this morning to ask your blessing on us and also to give us the wisdom and have mercy on us as we live in this troubled world with many disasters all over and everywhere, we know, Lord, that you are in control. So, Lord, we submit ourselves to you and know that you will keep us safe now and eternally. In your name we pray. And now we go to the readings of today, the first reading from the Old Testament, from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, from verse 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, 
And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone in its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves, and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. We read the epistle of Paul to Romans, chapter 8, from verse 1 to 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. And now we have the reading of the Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. We read. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Then Jesus deeply moved. Again came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, 
he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we go in our journey, the Lord, to the cross, now we are very close to his final steps to the cross. And Jesus was a very good friend to Lazarus and his family. The meaning of the word Lazarus is God's help or God helps me or help in Arabic so the meaning of the name of Lazarus is a wonderful meaning means God has helped me Lazarus has two two sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha was the older and Mary was the younger. And their house is in a city or a village called Bethany. And the Bethany was very close to Jerusalem, about two miles only. So, as many scholars mentioned, that every time Jesus going to Jerusalem, he had to stop by Bethany at the house of Lazarus. This means Jesus was a very close friend to the family. He knows Lazarus, Mary and Martha very well and for sure he loved to go and rest at their homes because it's a friendly family.
By the way, Jesus visited Jerusalem very few times since he started his missionary work. He visited only few times, maybe six, maybe seven, maybe less, but every time he went to Jerusalem, he had to stop by Bethany to stay with this family. So this is what you need to know. The family was very close to Jesus. Jesus usually stay with them in his way to Jerusalem. What happened is during this time Jesus was in Galilee. He was preaching, teaching, doing miracles and he said to his disciples that our brother Lazarus slept and they didn't understand what is the meaning of the word so Thomas who was one of his disciples said oh if he slept we can go and sleep with him he didn't understand that slept means he died. So Jesus was clear and he told them Lazarus died and I am going to woke him up. It was a long distance for Jesus to travel to come to Bethany but because he was a very close friend to the family he decided to go. Of course many Jewish people came to console the sisters Mary and Martha and to stay with them for a while. So when somebody saw Jesus coming from far he ran out and came to Martha and Mary and told them the teacher is coming and right away Martha left Mary with the people in the house and she came out to meet Jesus and before Jesus arrived to Bethany she met him somewhere in the way so Martha went to meet Jesus before he arrived to Bethany. There she said, Lord, if you were there, my brother will never die. And Jesus revealed himself to her and maybe she didn't understand what 100% what he's talking about when he said, your brother will rise again. And she answered, as a Jew, a believer Jew, I know that he will rise on the resurrection day. But Jesus answered, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
do you believe that? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And let me here talk about some facts that maybe we don't know. Number one, the Jewish tradition, or the Jewish people in their theology, believe that after the death of the body, the spirit of the dead will hover around the body for three days. So, this means that you cannot prove that the person is really dead except after three days. And this one of the answers why Jesus came on the fourth day. Because when they told Jesus that Lazarus died, he stayed four days or two days and then traveled for two days or also to come and raise him from dead. And the question is, many people ask, why four days? Four days again, because the Jewish tradition believed that the spirit of the man or the woman or the dead one hovered around his or her body for three days. So it should come after the full three days. The second fact is the early fathers of the church, the early fathers of the church, they didn't call death by its name. So if somebody who is a believer passed away or dying, they say the person is going to sleep. So the early church fathers, they didn't use the word die or dying or he is going to die. But they used the term sleep. And I tell you this theological fact that you may need to know. Actually, the term sleep is biblically more accurate than the term die. Why? Because if somebody dies, as we know, the spirit will separate from the body and the body will go to the earth and uh, become a dust again from dust and you to dust you return, as said in the book of Genesis. So, actually the spirit doesn't die. Because the moment when the spirit leaves the body, the spirit right away goes to the final destination, means it knows where 
life will be eternally. For the believers, when they die or they sleep, their spirit goes right away to paradise. But for the unbeliever, their spirit goes directly to hell. So, what I need to tell you is, what is the part of human that sleeps? It is only the body. The spirit doesn't sleep. The spirit doesn't die. The spirit doesn't vanish. Only the body. And for this fact, the resurrection on the last day will be for the body. Clear? So what will happen on the last day when Jesus will come again? The bodies will rise again, will resurrect. And at the same moment, the spirit from where she it from the spirit where she is, she will come to unite with the resurrected body. And at this moment, the resurrected body, united with the spirit, will be glorified. And when they be glorified, after united with the spirit, it will be exactly like the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And it will have the ability to live forever with the Lord. There will be no death, no aging, no sickness at all. Why? Because it's a new created, resurrected, empowered, spiritual, glorified body. Again, when Jesus said about Lazarus, he slept, and I'm going to woke him up. This is theologically 100% correct. It's wrong theologically to say somebody dies, but you say somebody slept. Why? Because the moment of the separation between the spirit and the body, the spirit will go back where its final destination will be. As I said, the spirits of the believer will go to paradise, and the spirits of the unbelievers will go to the hell. On the last day, the spirit will come to unite with the resurrected body, and will be glorified to live forever with the Lord. As I said, the early fathers of the church were highly theologically interpreters when they used to say, it's a sleep, not a death. And again, the sleep is for the body not the spirit. For this reason, if we say we die physically, you die by the body only, but at the same time your spirit is alive. 
and your spirit is with the Lord and God will honor and glorify this body by resurrecting, raising it on the last day to be united with the spirit and then we'll have eternal being the eternal being is resurrected glorified body united with the spirit which is already united with the Holy Spirit of God for this reason we call it sleep not death and return back to the word I am you know Jesus said to Martha I am the resurrection and life and Jesus said about himself about seven times in the New Testament the word I am for example he said I am the bread of life we can read all of this in John so he said I am the bread of life he said also I am the light of the world I am the good shepherd I am the door I am the resurrection and life I am the way the truth and the life I am the true vine and the I am statement reflect what Yahweh God had spoken to Moses at the burning bush and let us see when Moses asked the Lord Yahweh and he told him I want to know your name so when I go to my people what I can say about you if they ask me who is this God what is his name and we'll hear what is mentioned in Exodus 3 verse 1 and 2 so listen to the answer of the Lord to Moses Exodus 3 then Moses said to God if I come to the people of Israel and say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name what shall I say to them God said to Moses I am who I am and he said say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you so if you continue to read Exodus 3 when Moses asked the Lord who are you what is your name what I can say to the people and then the Lord answered him I am who I am which in Hebrew is Yehia Ahe, 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 
And Yahya or Ahi means Yahweh. God is God. And the translation is, I am the one who was and is and will be forever. So, in Greek word, it is called Ego, Amy. And the Ego means I, Amy, I am. Which in English, as I said, I am who was and is and will be. And in Arabic, it is Ana al Kain, Alladhi Kain, Walladhi Sayakun Il al Abad. So now we have four languages to give the true translation and the meaning of the word. In Hebrew, it is Ahya e Ahya or Yahya e Yahya, which means Yahweh. And also it means I am. Who I am means the one who was and is and will be forever. In Greek it is Ego Amy. In Arabic, Ana Huel Kain, Alladhi Kain, Walladhi Yakun, Ilal Abad. By the way, to see the wonderful teaching of the Word of God, the same word Jesus used every time when he said about himself, I am. We mentioned about seven statements when he said, I am the direction of life, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door, and so on. The word I am mentioned in the New Testament, it is the same word used ego emi in Greek, which ahia e ahia, the same word Yahweh, the Lord told Moses, I am who I am. Now, what I need from this connection to understand, Jesus is God. Because no one can say Ego Amy or Yahya Yahya except God himself. And this is his name. So every time Jesus mentioned I am means he is God. He said I am who I am. And the only one who can say this is God. Why? Because this is the name of God revealed by him to Moses and also from Moses to the people of Israel.